This is Bucket Listening from First Horizon Bank, sharing first-hand stories from people who have found a way every day to live their bucket list. Everyone has aspirations. Often, people see them as goals to be accomplished sometime down the road. But we say, why wait? Welcome to Bucket Listening, where we're talking to amazing people who have found a way every day to live their bucket life. Hi, I'm your host, Tabitha Scott, and I'm so excited that you all could join us for this episode. Now, if you're a football fan, today's guest probably needs no introduction. He's a leader both on and off the field, and we're so excited to have all-pro quarterback Tua Tungo-Vailoa on the show today to get his perspective on the sweat equity he's putting into chasing his dreams, from his roots in Hawaii to the top of the professional football organization. And along with Tua, we're also joined by Alex Hernandez, the managing director of First Horizons Music, Sports, and Entertainment Group. Throughout his career, Alex has helped entertainers and sports professionals successfully achieve their financial goals by providing expert knowledge delivered with a deep understanding of those unique financial pressures public-facing figures like Tua face. Tua Tungavailoa and his foundation receive compensation from First Horizon Bank for his endorsements and personal appearances. Tua and Alex, welcome to Bucket Listening. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here today. Great. We're, we're really glad that you're here. And Tua, I'd like to begin our conversation by talking a little bit about your family and how they've shaped your perspective on life, hard work, and aspiration. You were born and raised in Hawaii, but your family is originally from Samoa. Samoan culture played a big part in your upbringing. Could you tell us a little bit about the pride that you carry in your heart for your family's culture and how it helped shape the man you are today? Yeah, I can start off by saying, first off, thank you for, for allowing me this opportunity to speak with you guys. For my, my upbringing, I was raised to al- always respect your elders. Respect was really one of the biggest things uh, growing up from what I can remember from my parents. And um, someone who had a big impact in my life was my grandfather. My grandfather, basically, as I was coming of age as a young football player, prophesied over me and basically told me what he thought I'd become. And, um, you know, he, he, he ended up passing on when I was in high school and for me to be able to, I guess, carry on the legacy of what his prophecy was saying that I'd make it for, you know, my, my family that would make our last name known, um, you know, around the world, you know, as, as a kid, you think, I, I mean, sure. Like, you know, Sure, you know my that my grandfather told me that like he's he's just telling me that because that's what grandfathers should be doing or that's what parents in general should be doing is telling their kids that. But as I continued to play at the collegiate level, that prophecy uh, started to unfold, and for myself, I could I could feel things starting to shift and things starting to turn. And as I've been fortunate to been able to play four years already and have found some success, I tailor that to basically what my grandfather spoke over, but my parents have definitely helped along the way, instilling hard work, 
uh, installing dedication. And um, a, lo- a lot of that had to do with, with not just those guys, but my entire family. And my parents would be the first to tell everyone that it takes a village to raise a child. And I'm only here because of my family and because of uh, my belief system in my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So given that my background is of Samoan ethnicity, I'm not too sure if, if it's a true stat, but then from what I've been told from colleagues is that if you have Samoan descent or people of Samoan descent, they're 50 or 50 something percent times more likely to make it into the NFL than a non-Samoan person. So I, I'm very blessed. It's almost as if, you know, kind of the cards aligned, you know, in, in my life. So I'm, I'm, I'm just very fortunate to be in the position I'm in now. That's amazing. And I understand that your grandfather and his Samoan community was often addressed as chief there. And it sounds like his influence has shaped your life both on and off the field, his legacy and, and his predictions for you. That's pretty powerful. Yeah. No, thank you for sure. 100%. But yeah, I think all of my uh, people that I've looked up to will, will tell you that it wasn't just them. They'd have a part within the journey, but um, you know, it, it took everyone in order to make something like this uh, possible for me. Yeah. And back to what you said about Samoans are more likely to um, evolve in the football profession. Let's let's stick to that for a second and talk about your younger brother. Halia is also a quarterback and he's playing with the University of Maryland. So as someone who's already walked that path that he's currently walking, how would you approach guiding him with the lessons that you've learned along the way? As I talk to my brother, conversations always vary depending on the situation that he's gone through or is about to to be in, whether it's a big game or whether it was uh, finding some success. But how do you uh, sort of manage that success from my point of view? And for me, with how I share things with my brother or, you know, basically any of my family members is we all go through these different experiences um, that end up shaping us to who we become. But as we ask others for what we think is right and and what they have experienced and whatnot, it's not a, a deal of me telling him you should do this, but it's a deal of me explaining him how I experienced it. But at the end of the day, here are your options from what I've experienced and whatever you do with that that's how you go about your business. And that's really how, how I would advise my brother every time he asks me for, for help and whatnot. But I'm, I'm very proud of him. You know, I, I wish him continued success and, and I, uh, I hope uh, he, he's able to do well enough to get himself uh, you know, picked by a team next year. That's fantastic. What a family legacy between the two of you already. And as you graduated from playing for Alabama into the NFL, have your goals and aspirations changed from the time you were in college versus now that you're in the NFL? Are there things that you might advise your brother or others coming up that you know now that you didn't know when you were at college football level? Man, it's hard. It would be too hard for me to explain what the differences would be but it's easier to, for me to just tell them, like, when you come into the league, 
Everything happens faster. The guys are faster. The guys are stronger. The guys are smarter. Just every aspect of football is so much different than the collegiate level. So it's almost as if when you start in high school, when you start playing um, at the, the JV level, you move up to the varsity, you think that's a, that's a big step because you're playing with bigger guys, faster guys. That's how you sort of have it in your mind. College, it's a bigger step, but there is no jump like from college to, to the NFL. Nothing can simulate, nothing can emulate that. It's just as you're there, I mean, you, you just know it, it's, it's not something that can be explained. It's only something that could be felt as you're, as you're out there playing. Just telling them that that guys are faster, smarter, stronger. That's what you should expect. I can't even imagine that metamorphosis as you continue to go up in more and more difficulty. And as that's happening and when you're part of a team, there's this sense of having collective goals and vision, you know, even for each specific game. And I'm wondering, how do you see your role as a leader in helping to guide your teammates with the Miami Dolphins? to achieve their goals, but to also succeed as one because you're one unit. Yeah. I think the way I think of uh, leadership is first getting to know my personnel. I'm really not big on, on yelling at people, calling people out, in which I do know for, for some, that's a way that, that they can get their point across. But for me, I've realized through some emotional intelligence that some guys react better to that than others. Others react to, hey, pull me to the side and we can talk about that. Like, I don't need to be addressed in the front of um, the team that way. Like, no, like there's certain people that you can do that to. And, you know, not everyone wants to be addressed that way. And so for, for my leadership is getting to know my personnel, understanding ways, what's the best way that I can uh, get my point across. It's never been a, a cussing match of like, I need to cuss at you. It's like, hey, dude, we haven't been on the same page like these past two throws. Like, what is it? Because from my point of view, this is what I see. What do you see? And then we, we find a way to meet in the middle of that. And I think it, it helps because it, it allows our guys to know that, okay, like if I do go out there and make a mistake, I'm not going to get called out for it. but I will be addressed about it and I will have to talk about it, but it's not something that I have to consciously worry about in my head that, okay, if I make a mistake, something bad, a bad result can happen from, from that. It allows guys to, to be themselves, to be free, to make mistakes. You have to make mistakes in order for us to have those conversations because as they, they happen in practice, it's better that they do than they do in the game and in big time scenarios. Yeah, I think that's so important. And that freedom to make mistakes, freedom to share, and that empathy that you're showing on the field, it, it carries over into what you're doing with giving back to the communities where you grew up. And I know it's something that's very important to you and that you have created a foundation, the TUA Foundation, and it's dedicated to the support of youth initiatives, health and wellness, and other charitable causes. Could you tell us a bit about why starting the foundation was so important to you and how your passion for helping others impacts the way you lead your life? Well, for me, one of the reasons as to why I started the Tua Foundation was because I've, I've always seen my parents give back. 
growing up and and it's been a, a thing of kind of like seeing their parents they've seen their parents give back and it's kind of been been that way but none of them have been able to really like ha- have their own foundation to 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 do something impactful like the way I'm doing now one of the reasons outside of out of that was because I wanted to to give back to to the communities that have helped me become Tua and that started in in Hawaii with my my high school Alabama Alabama allowed me to go there get an education do what I needed to do in order for me to fulfill my dream in becoming an NFL player and then here in Miami those three places I wanted to be able to give back to those places that have helped me become who who I am and um it, it's not tailored necessarily to just one specific thing so there's a lot of things that the Tua Foundation does that I'd like to personally say that are private doings where we give anonymously. For me, I feel so much happier when they're done uh um when they're done under the radar and no one knows that it's coming from the Tua Foundation. The only thing that people know from the Tua Foundation is what the Tua Foundation puts out. And in those efforts, I'm I'm really proud of that. And those are some pretty different communities, Miami, Hawaii, Alabama. Uh, I imagine that you have very different nuances with each of those different communities and ways of giving. Yeah, of course. Some of the, the communities out here in Miami, first one that we, we did was uh, we, we gave back to the Miami Police Department. The next one was we gave some money away to the Olympics within the autistic kids. And uh, we also gave to the Jason Taylor Foundation, which he, he does a lot of work in the community. And I've been uh, so fortunate to work alongside him through some other deals, if you will, within foundation work. So um, that's been cool. All of these people making a difference for good. And Alex, I'm going to drag you into this because you're also busy making a difference with the clients and the companies you work with. As you listen to Tua talk about his foundation how does First Horizon come alongside community-minded people like him to build financial momentum, making these good things happen? And I would echo a lot of what Tua's vision as far as giving are concerned to our organization, like you know, Tua looking at the fan, the community that he lives in, our organization having a wide footprint, regional bank of the East, and serving a lot of communities, a lot of individuals through all these different cities and states, um, you know, we, there is a shared passion uh, in building strong communities. And I think in addition to that, you know, we do have a deep understanding of the pressures like to a face, financial, otherwise. Uh, so we're, you know, we're better able to anticipate needs, make recommendations and help facilitate opportunities. And sometimes you can achieve that by supporting those communities that you're, you know, physically involved with and our, our, our staff and bank executives are involved with. You know, and a lot of that also starts with crafting a partnership that's tailored specifically to what our high profile clients want to achieve. And sometimes it's listening to what are, what's important to them and what are the things and organizations that they want to be involved with so that we can equally in parallel support them in some of those endeavors, assuming that they fit a lot of the things that we have in our mission as an organization. And I also think lastly, at the end of the day, um, to put it in football terms, you know, we, we bring energy, uh, expertise and execution with every play. And that 
I underline with every day, we kind of bring that, especially when we are involved with the level of clients that we're working with on a daily basis. That's great, Alex. And to, uh, as you think about your goals for the foundation and future plans, even beyond football someday, what is the most important thing you expect a financial partner like Alex and First Horizon to deliver? I really just want to feel like the work we're focused on with the foundation is doing the most good for the most people. I know that requires a, a tight financial game plan and really experts like Alex who can help make sure we're running things with financial discipline and a strong sense of what every dollar is doing for us. I know that'll definitely help. So Alex, as the director of First Horizons Music, Sports and Entertainment Group, you work with some very high profile people, people at the top of their industries. What would you say is the mindset most high achievers bring to make things happen? Maybe it's intuitive or learned through experience, but is there something you've noticed that connects these people as they pursue their passions? Oh, that's a great question, Tabitha. And I, and I want to go back and, and kind of tie some of the things that the two have mentioned as far as fundamentals. I think I heard family, I heard faith, and I heard, you know, upbringing and the things that you kind of apply to your personal self and your, and your trade and your craft. I think there's a common thread between the work that you do on the field or on the stage or off stage as a person. I think the same work discipline that you probably put to your art or your trade, you also apply your individual, whether it's your, your business acumen, your financial approach, and more importantly, sometimes even in your family. I mean, I think there's a common commonality between those two things. I also see a, a common trait, which is, I think, uh, something that I'm fond of is that winning attitude. Winning is not just, well, and losing is even bigger and more important sometimes because you learn from those things. But I think that that attitude and winning and having that approach and that drive is something that you take home and you not only take it home, but you also apply it in our children as we raise our children and our family members and kind of pushing them. And I think that's an area where you, you kind of see uh, the importance of the two. And I also, I'm a strong believer and I'm, and I'm also a student of a lot of the clients that, I, that we work with as an organization. I appreciate their journey, their personal journey. I can completely relate to individuals, not because of who they've become or what they are on the field or what they've become, you know, as far as their business is concerned, but who they are as individuals, how they got there and what attributes they had as a person growing up. And sometimes, as I'm reminded, we're a product of what we see at home. And sometimes what you see at home either will guide you or will make you a better person to push yourself to be that greater person that you can be. And those are the areas of things that I, I find and how I relate to specifically the question that you're asking. I love that. Thank you so much. And we certainly see the family influence here with you, Tua, and we don't want to miss the opportunity to talk a bit about football before we finish our conversation. So as you think about your career, making a name for yourself back in Hawaii, winning a national championship in Alabama, and earning a Pro Bowl selection last season, what are you most proud of and how do you want to be thought of as a player and a leader? Yeah, those are great questions. I would say, um, Throughout having all this success that I've been fortunate to have, for for me personally, I I think uh, what I'm most proud of is is the person that I've grown to become. As I look back at my years in college, who I am now from who I was then, 
has grown a ton. And um, through the experiences that football has brought me, I've been able to, to maneuver in finding out who I am and, and who I've wanted to become as a person, as a player in every aspect of my life um, and how I would like to be thought of as a player and as a leader would be someone that's respectful, someone that's truthful, who's honest, and someone who's dependable. I, I like to say um, that's what I'd like to be uh, thought of as a player, but more importantly, as a leader. That's great. And do you see those goals and aspirations changing over time as you grow and learn, or have they stayed fundamentally the same over time? Well, I think there's some goals that have stayed the same over the course of a couple of years, but there's been some add-ons and there's been things that have changed just because of the life that I live now uh, compared to maybe two years ago, being married, having a child, you know, and then having to play quarterback for the Dolphins. Um, all of those things give you different perspectives on life and, uh, it definitely changes who you are as a, as a human being. So I think I'm, I'm ever evolving, but as far as goals, there will be some goals that will stay the same, but uh, those can always be moved around as well. I imagine all those things keep you pretty tired too. Yeah, no, they do. And, and playing a game <laughs> in Germany and then coming, coming back <laughs> it oh, oh. Will, will leave you a little tired as well. I bet it does for sure. Well, we sure appreciate it. This has been such a great conversation and the hard work, the grit and determination that you've shown throughout your life and career is just amazing. So to wrap things up here on Bucket Listening, I've got to ask both of you, what is the next item on your bucket list that you want to check off? Tua, why don't you go first? I think we should give this one to Alex first. I think Alex Alex would probably have a have an answer already. I'm going to help Tua with one of my answers. I, I'm going to take the liberty of taking two. And the second one is directed to Tua. So the first one, I would definitely say, you know, our bank has direct involvement in supporting and having a motorsports banking group. So one of my bucket list items is one day to be able to really get behind the wheel and just go out a street track full speed ahead as a pilot. And that's on my wish list. But the second one, I'm going to refresh to his memory on something. We had the good fortune of meeting earlier this year at the event at, during Super Bowl, and we had a blind bourbon tasting contest, if I remember correct. So my second bucket list That's item right. is to take him off the field and ask him <laughs> if he would be up to challenging, take my challenge in what would be a follow-up blind bourbon tasting contest and see how he would. You know, we could. Oh, I want to come. Come on. Holy I'm a Kentucky snap. girl. So, so they're dude. Gonna to wow. <laughs> I'll accept it. You see, the power of bourbon, you don't remember those things. <laughs> I will accept that challenge. Although I, I probably need to need to freshen up on, <laughs> on my bourbon tasting. There you go. <laughs> we I can send you that. some cliff notes, Tua. We can send you some cliff notes. <laughs> I, I accept it. You got it. But I think, I think for me, my bucket list, man, I don't know. I've never made a bucket list. Right? Because you're living it every day. <laughs> That's a good way to say it. Oh my goodness. But I shouldn't say that because then people would think, what a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, you set goals and then you get them, you know. Let me tell you, one of my bucket list items was getting to work in Hawaii. And I got to work on Oahu for uh, many years doing clean energy. And I think you'll find this funny. The first time I went over the Hawaiian culture, for those of you who who have not been there, is very respectful and in harmony with nature. And um, it's very important to them. If we built a facility or even a solar array, we would bless it. And you really are in harmony with the things around you. So the first time I met a local official, he asked me what the state fish was. Now, he didn't know that my son and I are divers and we replant coral. So we kind of oh, know shoot. a little bit about fish. You know how to say it? Dude, I said, humu humu nuku nuku apua'a. And he looked at me like, what? This mainlander? That is cool. Yeah. That is freaking (laughs) awesome. But I wish here on the mainland we had more of that culture and respect, you know, being part of nature. And I think you especially embody that and the legacy of your family and you and your brother and how everyone is just supporting each other. Now, that's not to say everything's always perfect, but it's this culture of support versus, you know, being in opposite directions and opposition and competition constantly. So I, I loved working in Hawaii and, and the culture there. And I see a lot of those customs coming through and the things that you say and the empathy that you share with others. It's really cool. Thank you. I, I still don't have a bucket list deal, but I'm, yeah, that, that would be, I'm, I'm living my dream already. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so awesome. And that's what it's really all about. These episodes that we have, they're about finding people who are making their wishes happen every day, not waiting till someday, but get after it. You know, what's the worst thing that happens? I don't call it failure. I call it redirection in life. You, re- you realize something is not really for you. And I think you're a living example of that. And our listeners are going to love it. Thank you. Thank you so much. And a heartfelt thank you to Tua for joining us on this podcast today and sharing your powerful and inspirational story with us. And a special thanks to all of you as well for listening to our conversation. I hope you enjoyed hearing about Tua's journey as much as I love speaking about it with him. And if you did like the show, well, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. This has been Bucket Listening, presented by First Horizon Bank. I'm Tabitha Scott, and be sure to join us again soon.